Howdy, my name is Alex, and you are listening to Lunchbox Radio. Now, before we get started, first I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast. I always appreciate people listening to me talk about nonsense on the internet about anime. That said, I do want to make a few changes to the podcast, and nothing bad. It's not going away. If you noticed, I skipped a Sunday edition a, because I was absent-minded and I don't, I have a resistance to scheduling my own shit. Don't ask me why, it's just the way I am. But I really want to make the podcast more of what I've always wanted it to be, which is about great shows like the show we talk about today and like just a little less stilted and a little bit more updated i'm gonna be doing some stuff i'm gonna be bringing some new stuff online to try and like expand the reach of the show because i think that that's a important for the show i would like to reach more people but also it gives you the listener more ways to listen um so i will be starting to do that um over probably the next couple months because there's some there's some purchases that need to be made around here Mwahaha. um but on that note um let's jump right into what we're talking about this week and that is a really big show that became became an old man of an anime show and that Show is Odd Taxi. I, along with every, I mean like a while back, um, I, along with every single old anime fan, all, all the olds came out of the woodwork and we all screamed at you to go watch Battle Angel Alita <laughs> in the theaters, if possible. I still, if you haven't seen Battle Angel Alita, 
definitely still go check it out. It is it is um James Cameron's like dream movie. Like that was his fucking that was his unicorn and he caught the unicorn and then had to give it to somebody else. <laughs> and like he still produced the movie, obviously, but he was not the director on the movie and in some ways, I think it would probably save, save some, like, James Cameron-ish of it all uh, from being directed by, um, I forget the um, director of Battle Angel Leaded name. But that's not the point, really. The point is, is that sometimes in, not just anime, but in any fandom, but increasingly more anime, you get this groundswell of... People, usually older fans, like, think people like me, think people like, um, Jeff Sue, professional shitbag, um, think people like, and to be clear, I am, um, I am deeper and longer in it than Jeff is. Um, the guy, the, um, a couple of the guys on, actually, really, just Giga, just Giga, from, um, the Trash Taste crew, um, and once again... A little deeper for longer in it than Gigguk is. I'm just not as, as hopefully you'll see soon, um, I'm not as social media friendly as a lot of the other creators who are my, or like around my age, who are in the older otaku crowd at this point. Also, I, I much like, um, much like Cosplay Fiend over on TikTok, have kind of, like, kept the face for a really long time. Like, there's been no... There's been no splintering in terms of, like, I'm here... I, I'm here for anime. Whereas, like, Giguk has been into cyber waifus in the form of, um... What's it called? Um... Of... I forget the name of, like, the Vocaloid-esque thing that's happening, which shows you how much I really pay attention to it. But the point is that the whole, one whole section of anime fandom, sometimes it's just like, oh, fuck. We, like, we gotta get more people to watch this. We we need it. Like, we, we need to put the call out. We need to, like, put our, like, old people bones behind pushing this. And... With something like Battle Angel, you know, that was because it was such a long storied. There were several movies. There are several movies that are always. Actually, there are a handful of movies. Let's call them um, that are always rumored to be constantly in production. Um. Cowboy Bebop is actually one of the live-action things that's constantly always rumored to be in production. And those movies get to the point of, like, I'll believe it when I, when I, I'll believe it when I hit play and it works. And Battle Angel Lido was one of those, and that was why the old people of anime were like, we, like, fucking, fucking get this thing on Blu-ray. <laughs> Just make it worship for them to make a Blu-ray. That's all I care about. Let's get them, let's get them young into the theater and just, like, Get the thing to a Blu-ray edition. But. In other cases. Because. People have been watching anime for longer. Look for. 
continue to still look for really unique shows. When we find something, when, you know, somebody like me or Cosplay Fiend or um, Jeff, Sue, find something that is that generally different, not maybe not unpredictable, but different than it was, than kind of anything else on offer or anything else on offer for a while, we tend to... A gravitate towards it, and B once we if we find that worth our time, we want to share it with you, the listener, you, the viewer, you, the reader. However, because once again, a lot of us we grew up with social media, so even if we're not the best at it, we have some sense of it, and we know how to put stuff out into the world, and we know if we put stuff out in the world, even clumsily enough you'll be like, okay, I'll just press play, and then you're hooked. And Odd Taxi is one of those things. So I'm going to start... I'm going to start with Gundam. I'm going to start with Yoshiki Tomino, because it, it seems to make the most sense to me in terms of why Odd Taxi's a, a thing in the way it is. Is Yoshiki Tomino... Like, if you if you give him a chance, he'll tell just about any otaku to go fuck themselves. Because he thinks of himself as a filmmaker. And, like, Yoshiki Tomino can just, like, he's legendarily terrible to work with. And <laughs> off his rocker. But also, like, he had developed this baby in the form of Gundam. And some other stuff that is not as good. But he had developed this baby in the form of Gundam that was the thing, and it was the thing they let him do. Because at the time, they were looking for a different thing, and that was... At the time, he was trying to do something in live action, and just the appetite wasn't there for what he wanted to do, so they gave, so somebody gave him something. Um, that's legendarily also the way Ava happened... Um, after Nadia's Secret of Blue Water, and, um, oh, what's his face? Ano, Hideki Ano is a little bit different because he was always an animation fan and an animation director, but, like, one day in a bar, somebody said, just, just give us something to fill a time slot with. Just, like, we're trying to get you back into it. Like, give us a thing, and he gave him fucking Ava. Um, to... True story, actually. But my point is, is that there are some things that if they could happen in a live action format would be great. But by being constrained, and but not by being constrained, but by being put in an animated format, they end up to be something really special. Another version of this is um, that... Idol, uh, what um, it's a, it's a. I forget the. My 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 brain is failing. Oh, perfect, perfect blue. Um, perfect blue is another. It was supposed to be produced, and that by that same director as a live action film, and I believe they lost the entire print in a fire. 
if my mind is something happened in the process that made it so they couldn't do the actual film the the actual live action film they wanted to do so they ended up making perfect blue the now infamous anime film and it it stands in a more unique interesting way because it is animation and because animation can skirt the line between reality and fantasy in the way that it does in that film so much more fluidly than you would necessarily be able to do it without a whole lot of camera work and effect work, especially back then, um, and a lot of planning in a live-action format. Believe me, it's still super, cap still super possible. It would just take a lot more with a lot less um with a lot with a lot higher of a barrier for entry and believability and that brings us to those two things bring us to odd taxi odd taxi is a noir mystery and you don't know what you, you no one mystery when you're introduced to it. And it's this has the current trendy thing of being a, like, anime furry edition. Like, the, the season's anime furry show, um, which is hilarious because I can tell you right now because I scheduled it out. Um, my next episode will be on Beastars Season 2 because we're going full furry here. Nothing but fursuits. No, don't worry. Um, but... You are going to get another um, episode next next third day, specifically geared towards another like furry edition, another anime furry edition show. But the thing about Odd Taxi is that it's a normal human society. It's just animal people everywhere. And there are also some strange, there's something strange happening in this version of Tokyo. There's a young girl missing. And the important thing about the young girl is really that she's the daughter of a mob boss. <laughs> and you are introduced to, by the way, spoilers for this whole show. Because it will take spoilers to, for you to understand why it is worth your time. So if, you, if this already has you interested, definitely go go listen to it. Go, go watch it. It's, I believe, 13 episodes. Um, you can find it on Crunchyroll. Um, and you can... Um, you find it on Crunchyroll and you... You can come back and listen to this. Um, but if you still hear or you don't care about spoilers, this show follows Otakawa. And Otakawa is a 40-something who is... You know from, I want to say, episode 2 or 3, I think episode 2, there's something wrong with Otakawa. And Otakawa is a private... private taxi driver meaning he owns his he owns his cab in Tokyo and he's a walrus and 
I was so infuriated by the fact that there's no merch of Otakawa. You can actually go to my Instagram and you can see the keychain that I myself modeled, sculpted in 3D of Otakawa. Now I just need to print it and paint it. But um, the I printed one and fucked with it and now I don't know where it is. But um, actually I see him out of the corner of my eye. But... So there's something wrong with Otakawa. There's a missing girl who is happened to be the um the daughter of a mob boss. And you go through this whole like daughter of a mob boss, it eventually encompasses a like a low-level gangster who like only speaks in a specific kind of like Japanese rap. Which you think would get exhausting. So if you've seen the um, the like assholes in the beginning of Devil Man Crybaby, the way they talk is the way he talks at all times. Um, and then you also get entangled with a guy who looks like a baboon, with a guy who's a baboon who's a different gangster from the same yaku from the same yakuza group, and they're both trying to make the boss money, and the boss is the, of the Yakuza group is the daughter. It's the guy whose daughter is missing. And so what it does is it's got two kind of like... It's got this big sprawling one track that it wants you to care about. wants you to care about this core mystery. And then it's got this other side mystery that's... Being that the entire for the entire for most for much of the show is being narrowed in on, and it's what's wrong with Otakawa. You start to have a few odd moments with the with the structure of this world, in that we live in a world of anthrop of anthrop of anthropomorphized animal people. In this thing, we live in a not a Zootopia world. But almost like, so if you've ever, if you know the terminology of animals um, from Disney lore, you know there's animals and then there's funny animals. So like, the reason why Pluto and Goofy exist in the same world is Goofy is a funny dog. Pluto is just a dog. And that's kind of how it seems to happen here. Because you see... You see pretty regularly just cats out in the world. Just like cats and birds and just the animals that exist in a city. But you also, but everybody is also like there's several cat characters. There's a character who's just a kangaroo who runs who runs the bar. Um, uh, Otakawa's doctor is a gorilla. And his nurse is an alpaca, um, which is very, at least to my eye, until the events of the last episode, has a very um, Middle Eastern feel that I was surprised at, actually. Um, and then they also have, you know, like a character who's a monkey, a character who's, you know, like I said before, a um a baboon character who's a elephant 
a character who is a a giraffe, a character who is a dog, like a like a um like a, a, a one like one of the toy varieties of dogs. Um and it you have a character later who's like a deranged fucking nightmare person of a cat. And this whole thing lures you in further because there the world is breaking its own internal internal logic at points. And a it's a it's a beautiful looking show. It's really imaginative. They when you see like a character who's a giraffe, his like whole neck just goes up there. When you see the um Yakuza character who's a elephant, he looks like you always see him in a steam bath and he's got like tusks a short he's got like tusks and then like a short elephant nose and he's got big elaborate shoulder piece tattoos like yakuza style japanese tattoos on his shoulder and it's a really nice touch um Odakawa is a really excellent character design and so but you, you're watching this show and you kind of can't you can't put the uh, and you're probably annoyed with me at this point because if you've seen the show, you're like, he's burying the lead so hard. But um, you can't put the, like, odd logic of, like, there's no bird people. There's, like, I don't believe there's any bird people. And, like, there are cat people, but they're, but the, like, the cat, but there are cats in the world also. And also there's this missing girl who's, who is a cat. And the entire thing is really well set up because you have all these characters. Oh, and also you have the, um, the hype, the like lone hype house, social media crazed, um, drop college dropout of a hippo. They fairly important and, and, and an interesting character. The whole show is very much constructed in like a noir like uh, with noir underpinnings and noir and like multiple storylines that it that intersect and touch on each other but don't always touch on each other and you have all these characters who are have their own motivations and their own things that they're doing but also the thing that brings you to all these characters is Otakawa because he is in stories, and this isn't just in anime, in stories and anime, but in stories, one of the best things you can do is have an everyman character who has some kind of job where he is forced to interact with a ton of different kinds of people. The kinds of stories you will hear from public transportation officials in any major city, but... Actually, really, like, especially the, like, East Coast, New Jersey, New York area are wild. Because they, their life is just dealing with people trying to get, sometimes not in their own best interest, from one place to another. I mean, if, if you're ever in, the, in, like, on a New Jersey transit train, 
like, find a conductor and ask him his best story about drugs. And he will tell you some wild shit. And for that reason, making a character who has a kind of transportation or public transportation job, your, you know, your main character, gives you somebody who is purpose-built to be fairly innocuous and fairly invisible as soon as they leave somebody's eyesight almost. And that lets you encounter a whole bunch of people who you normally would, who you would normally have to almost do like a Dorara scenario. And if if you like Dorara, A, you should go watch, um, you should go watch Odd Taxi. It is in the same ilk. It has the same almost story structure as Dorara. It has the like unanswered question that matters but doesn't really matter kind of thing. Um, and the... The thing that is behind... There's a thing that's behind characters that you don't understand, but the... So one of the most frustrating things with stories that have people who have some kind of ailment in them is that there's a tendency for stories to want to treat these characters like they're not just existing in the world. And um, I went to go see, uh, and this was what my last... Um, episode was about, and you can definitely go check it out. Um, I went to go see uh, Josie and the Tiger and the Fish. Or, or, and the Fish and the Tiger. One of those two ways. And one of the things that it captured pretty fabulously is it captured the fact that, like, disabled people just go through the world. And it, you hit a point out of the disabled person, if if the people, if the person who raised you did it right, will you just exist in the world with everyone else? And one of the, like, things that people tend to miss about people with any kind of... And I'm not saying, I'm not saying um, mental disorder on purpose, because... The thing that's wrong with Otakawa is a kind of mental disorder, but it's more in the ailment road than the straight-up mental disorder road. And I don't want to paint it as that, because it, it is wrapped up with trauma, but it's not... It's not something that would be something you would think of. And I don't think I'm going to spoil it here, because I think that it's worth watching the whole show to find out because it's a fun ride. Um, and that's a fun puzzle to see, like, unpieced, to, to see, like, pieced together one at a time. But what ends up happening with, um, with depictions of people with some kind of disorder is they're seen as being non-functional. And with people with physical disabilities get this easier because 
at some point we are out in the world and we are doing things. And so people have to see us as just like, oh, that guy's just on the train. Like that guy, that guy with a, with a paralyzed arm and in shorts and a leg brace. It's just on the train. He's just having a day. He's just going a place. We leave him alone. And this seeing Odakawa as somebody with a with a kind of mental I'm gonna continue to call it mental ailment. Um who just does what he needs to function in the world. And there's there's no part of him that's not meeting exactly what he needs to do and even exceeding it because he you find out later in the story that like he said he sends money to his caretaker. He said he makes sure he pays the rent even though the rent is paid. Like he does all this stuff that's above and beyond just doing his job and living his day day to day. And one of the things that one of the things that all media can tend to do is they can tend to make us, the viewer, feel like if we're just like if we're just living our lives, we're somehow failing. We need to be succeeding. And social media is very guilty of this. Like you need to be going on amazing vacations. You need to be going to incredible places all the time. But that's not necessarily what everybody's day to day life look looks like. And if you are content with just driving your taxi and, you know, talking to your passenger, that's fine. And it's not about wanting, it's not about having a, being brave enough to want something more for yourself. Some people, at some point, a lot of people actually at some point, figure out exactly what they want out of life. And they go after it and they get it and they just live their lives content. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's what it seems to even Odakawa's doctors and the um, cool capoeira doctor and the cool capoeira um, practicing alpaca, which is fucking which is an fucking incredible scene, honestly. You've probably seen it on the internet. It's worth watching the show for just that scene. Um, they have this realization of like, yes, there's something wrong with him, but he seems like fine. <laughs> he like what whatever is wrong with him is not preventing him from being just him. This it, he's like clearly seeing life. I'm gonna drop a huge hint here. Like this, he's clearly filtering life through whatever this ailment is. And it's not hurting him. He's a little odd, but so is everybody. And that spot, that mystery combined with the mystery of the missing girl, combined with Otakawa being the like starting or continuing point, and in many cases, end point of all of these different all the different plot points that like coalesce into the end of the story it's it's a really great way to write a show and I don't think 
and we'll probably I'll probably talk about this aspect of um what I'm about to say in the B Stars episode next Thursday, but the um I don't think this show needs another season. I think the thirteen episodes are a great thirteen episodes. I don't think that I uh, don't get me wrong. The new ep- the new season of Dragon Maid coming out as I record or as you're listening to this probably. But some stuff, even if it ends on a cliffhanger, it's not a cliffhanger that's designed to be the jumping off point of another season of content. It could be a cliffhanger of a OVA episode. It could be any number of things. But there's a tendency if something is left open for people to want to it to be open for a second season for more of a sprawling thing. And there's enough sprawling stuff with Odd Taxi. The whole radio drama that involves a pen you can follow from scene to scene. I'm not kidding. And I think it's best for that. And the... The reason why people are telling you to watch this show is because it's worth your time. In a way that other... that. Other shows usually aren't because due to popularity metrics and the way the market works and the fact that anime as a whole was started as a way to sell people stuff. Also, that's true of all forms of media. But for a long time, anime was first commercial for toys and robots and it was also commercial for the blu-ray dvds with that uns- with the uncensored version of that anime on it um that when something comes along that is so thoroughly un that it isn't actually thoroughly unmerchandisable but thoroughly unmerchandised A, that's a rarity, but B, it's an even bigger rarity when that thing is, how should I put this? When that thing is, quite frankly, any good and is doing things that other stuff in its kind of like release window just isn't doing. You know, it's... And it's doing it well and doing it with a, um, with a craft to it. The, the, the majority, I'm sure everybody listening to this is, and if you're not, you're about to be familiar with a thing called Surgeon's Law. And Surgeon's Law is basically says 90% of everything is shit. And that's probably a little high. But the point is that most things are not very good. And most things are not necessarily created to be very good. They're just created. And they're created with the best of intentions. And one of the things I dislike about so much about quote-unquote review culture is that regardless of whether or not you like something or not, 
the massive work, the amount of work that went into get something on television is wild. The worst piece of it. The Ace Attorney anime involved more people working together to attempt to make something than many people will ever actually do in their lives. I'm not talking about, like, office work. I'm talking about it involved a lot of creativity being funneled towards a single point. And that point, that at that point, the thing that comes out may not always be gold, but it's worth recognizing. So when it really is, and when you get a bunch of people who are making kind of thing that they clearly want to make for the love of the thing, not necessarily for the love of selling the t-shirt of the thing, although that's fine too, believe me, be out there, make your money. It's worth paying attention to, because what I... and. Apparently, according to um, Joey and the rest of the track tape crew, Odd Taxi is sufficiently fucking advertised to the hilt in Japan. Like, on every fucking taxi cab in Tokyo, there's a billboard for Odd Taxi. And that enthusiasm doesn't necessarily drift over outside of Japan, to, like, America. But the fact that they are, that, like, I can't go out and buy an Odakawa keychain right now, that I can't just, like, get Donbo on a keychain, or I can't get a hilarious, like, Amiibo-style action figure of um, Miho, the capoeira-practicing alpaca, or God forbid the the that the gorilla doctor the gorilla doctor is excellent is a testament to how much they know that this show is was going to be something interesting and something unique and that's probably why every otaku, every otaku who's been in it for a fucking minute is out there saying go goddamn watch this thing please watch this thing because not just because we wanted to have a second season because like i said i don't think i'm not sure how they would pull off a second season um there's a lot of growing pains with the second season of dragons made for the some of the same reasons but the the thing is is that we would like is that like people our age would like people creators who made the creators who made this to have more opportunity to make more things to do to do interesting stuff in the same way that odd taxi doing interesting stuff so on that note if you like this episode there are new episodes every third day and Sunday, third day, more like this. It's about a single show or film or property. Um, Sundays are more metatextual. For the best current Sunday episode, for my money at least, I would really still encourage you to go listen to that episode that is a interview, really a conversation between me and Taylor, a.k.a. 
cosplay fiend from over on TikTok, really everywhere on the internet, but you'll probably know him from TikTok. Um, but until this Sunday, I've been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you then.